and are investigating. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. The House of Representatives has approved legislation that would benefit millions of immigrants. Cloudy coming in tomorrow, chilly temperatures overnight, but a warm-up tomorrow, then today, and it's the first day of spring, Saturday. Early morning lows start off in the 40s. Tomorrow afternoon, we'll go to a high to the middle to upper 60s for a nicer day. Even nicer day Sunday, beautiful, plenty of sunshine to enjoy outdoors, 50s, 40s for the mornings, but the highs go to the upper 60s to about 70. Continuing with sunny skies and middle 70s for the afternoon Monday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, March 27th and 28th. For more info, visit slidellstreetfair.com. The Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. Marianne Fitzmorris here. Wanting to talk food with you. Tom comes and he goes. It looks like he's coming. So uh, we'll set up a chair for you and a, and a desk and, and the mic. And we'll uh, have you sit down here if you want to join us today, Tom. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. It is St. Joseph's Day, which is uh, something we've absolutely forgotten about here in this house. And it's probably because our son Jude has been with us this week, and so we've pretty much just sort of checked out in favor of hanging out as a foursome, something we have not done since right after Katrina, or before Katrina. And it was lovely, and I'm really happy that, uh, that we were able to do that. I am sitting here dusting off my pants, which I just noticed were full of all sorts of I guess sand and shell particles from where I fell getting off my bike. <laughs> I ride my bike before the show to get the blood pumping and, you know, um, and get jazzed and ready for the show. And I uh, tripped and fell off of it uh, into the shells. And I didn't pay much attention to that because fortunately I wasn't hurt or anything. But I, uh, <laughs> but I'm just noticing You're that that I. We uh, want to go home. That I uh, I just noticed that I was um, full of stuff. Anyway, uh, it is St. Joseph's Day, and if you would like to talk about St. Joseph's Day, we would love to talk about St. Joseph's Day with you. 
I realized in uh, writing a piece for the newsletter that we had completely ignored St. Joseph's Day, which comes right after St. Patrick's Day. And if you're Irish, you might ordinarily ignore St. Joseph's Day and vice versa. But uh, it's a big day for a lot of Italians here, a lot of Sicilian Italians in New Orleans. I got a great picture. I got a great picture of uh, a St. Joseph's altar from Dominic Massa earlier today. He lives in Kenner where there are some more old fashioned kinds of churches and celebrations going on there. And they're all over the place. So if you have a favorite St. Joseph's Day altar, please give us a call. 5569696 is the number. And if you have something else you would like to chat about, I encourage my friend Eric to call me today about his pizza. It's uh, Italian. That'll qualify for St. Joseph's Day. It is the Feast of St. Joseph the Carpenter. The this is from Tom's Almanac, the father of a very distinguished son, namesake of Tom's own father, and patron saint of Sicily. It's that last connection that explains all the celebrations of the day in New Orleans, because St. Joseph's Day always falls in Lent, the food connected with the day is meatless. The famous dishes on this day include cardoons, the stems of an artichoke relative, pasta milanese, consardi, see below, and I will read that in a minute, fennel salad, eggplant caponata, fava beans, and a wide range of cookies flavored with anise, sesame seeds, and almonds. Some only appear this time of year. St. Joseph's altars are found in both homes and businesses and are almost universal in Italian restaurants. Many of the altars are listed in the newspaper. Stop by, have a few cookies, pick up a lucky fava bean, say a prayer to St. Joseph, and feel moved by yet another essential New Orleans cultural undercurrent. I know that there is one St. Joseph's altar. I think, I think Andrea has a St. Joseph's altar. There's another one that I know of that's um, not, there's either in a church or an Italian restaurant. And I know that in, in Covington, there is an Italian restaurant called, um, oh gosh, I'm going to have to think of the name, but it. it's escaping me at the moment because I'm distracted by Tom. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> it's a relative of Rocky and Carlos. De Cristina's, that's the name of it. De Cristina's usually has a big St. Joseph's altar. I don't know if they still do. I wonder if St. Joseph's altars are happening as much as they were in previous years. I know that there is one that Dominic sent me, so that one's going. But I think last year maybe they didn't do it because of COVID. So you just don't know how long the COVID thing is going with different people and you know everyone meets the protocols but then beyond that there are some people who are a little more stringent so i don't know if uh <clears throat> if there are a lot of saint joseph altars out there if you know of one i would kind of like to go to one actually so give us a call five five six nine six nine six the edible dictionary word of the day today is brought to you by dorgnex as it always is dorgnex is one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time according to Food & Wine magazine, as told to them by their many, 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 many customers every day. The Edible Dictionary word today is percutelli, which is also known as bucatini. Percutelli is either the thickest form of spaghetti or the thinnest macaroni. 
It's made in long strings, but unlike other such pastas, it has a hole going through it from end to end. It's a very small hole, giving rise to a fun game among children. If you let a perchiatelli strand hang out of your mouth a little and suck on it, it whistles. Perchiatelli is a traditional pasta used to make pasta milanese in New Orleans. Sicilian homes on St. Joseph's Day. The meatless red sauce is sprinkled not with cheese, but with breadcrumbs, as Nicole mentioned yesterday. She's Italian. They are supposed, this practice is supposed to honor the sawdust of St. Joseph the Carpenter. The word perchiatelli means small piercing. And because of that, in St. Joseph's Day, it's breadcrumbs day. Breadcrumbs are scattered over pasta dishes today in homes keeping the Sicilian traditional observance of St. Joseph's Day. They're reminiscent of the sawdust in St. Joseph's Carpentry Shop and are used in lieu of Parmesan cheese. Breadcrumbs are a lowly ingredient, the leftovers of stale bread, but they're magical too. Their toasty flavor is the perfect finishing touch to many dishes in which they form the exterior coating crisp and satisfying in flavor and texture. Perhaps the best such use is in pane dishes, usually thin scallops of meat or anything else really, coated with breadcrumbs and fried in hot, shallow oil. Breadcrumbs are every bit as appropriate as cheese for topping an au gratin dish. The best au gratins have a blend of cheese and breadcrumbs over the top. There are trends in breadcrumbs, believe it or not, the current darling is panko. That's that's still pretty hot, but I don't really know if it's the current darling. I don't really care for panko breadcrumbs. The Japanese-style coarser breadcrumbs, they seem more shredded than grated. Panko has long been used in Japanese restaurants to make the pane dish called tonkatsu, but now chefs of all stripes use them and usually making a big deal about it since they're hip. The most delicious local dish involving lots of breadcrumbs is Italian-style baked oysters, also known, known as Oysters Mosca. It's a trademark of that restaurant. The sauce is almost entirely breadcrumbs, moistened with olive oil, oyster liquor, and lemon juice flavored with garlic and herbs. I'm trying to think of other really great breadcrumby dishes, but I do think that the Italian oysters at Mosca's is probably the pinnacle. There are other Italian oyster dishes around town. I think Rizzuto's has one. I think that, uh, I know that the oyster pan roast at uh, Pascal's Manali has some. It's not nearly as intense in breadcrumbs as the one at, at Mosca's. But I'm trying to think of some other ways to use bread. To me, the quintessential way to use breadcrumbs in a Sicilian New Orleans dish is stuffed artichokes. I mean, what would stuffed artichokes be without delicious breadcrumbs soaked in olive oil, garlic, and mixed with Parmesan cheese? That's the absolute essential mixture of stuffed artichokes and just Thinking about it makes me want to stuff some artichokes. I saw them at the store the other day. They were kind of small, though. I like the really, really big 
stuffed, I mean, really, really big artichokes, which you usually see in California, but really big ones. But they're kind of, it, it can only do two artichokes in a Dutch oven if they're big. Because when I stuff an artichoke, a little artichoke becomes almost, when it's spread out, big enough to be taking up a Dutch oven all by itself. So two or more is, is really kind of problematic to stuff it all in there. But the more I think about it, the more I think I might do that, stuff some artichokes. Haven't done it in a while, and it is one of my favorite things to eat. All right, I will be back. Marianne Fitzmorris in here, sitting here for the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show, 556-9696. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Annadel's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadel's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, indeed. 5569696. Boy, it is a dreary day. I am uh, coming off a wonderful week, and whenever you have a special, fun time, and you have to get back to reality, reality hits kind of hard, and then Reality is hitting doubly hard today because it's dreary in addition to that. So um, so cheer me up. Give me a call, 556-9696. A fun weekend starting today. There's an event today and tomorrow, and I would kind of like to try and go to it. It's the, um, the medieval dinner, the medieval feast at Paradigm Gardens. Is anyone going to that? I was talking to that to them. Um, I was talking about, about it earlier in the week or maybe late last week. And um, I was hoping to get someone on, but I haven't made contact with them. So um, if anyone is going, I still haven't seen the price on it. They sent two press releases and we had a little bit of a conversation and then one of the other of us dropped off. But um, I don't have a price on it. If you are going, uh, give me a call. I would love to hear about it. Also, what else is happening this weekend? Oh, yeah. The, um, the people that we're having on at 3 o'clock, it's the um, mud bug. There's a mud bug. It's every weekend at Sobu. They have a thing called, and I have to quickly get to it. It's... Something and mud bugs. And um, we're going to talk to them at 3 o'clock today. And I'll have to, it's going to be the chef, I believe, over at um, uh, Sobu. 
556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk about it, uh, whatever you'd like to talk about, I would love to do that with you. It's going to be a, uh, gosh, it's almost the end of, of March. So it's going to be just a little bit left of Lent before we head into Easter. And it's just hard to believe that the year is going that quickly already. I mean, I, I, I just feel like it was just January. I mean, I, I feel like also it's a good thing to keep moving forward because at some point, and I do actually have my own personal doubts about this, but at some point we're supposed to be getting past the COVID thing. But um, but it's it's spring, so you want to think good, wonderful thoughts and get to Easter and then get to the the part of the year where we're kind of sort of living a normal life again, but um, but it just is going by so fast is all I can say. Last night, yesterday on the show, we had uh, Peggy Scott Laborde very briefly to talk about the 35th anniversary of Stepping Out. And I was excited to see the episode from the anniversary show for Stepping Out, mainly because I was kind of curious to see the early days when Tom was on. But it was really not very much of the uh, early footage of the show. It was, it was fun to see Peggy and the evolution of Peggy. She was such a young, sweet thing when she uh, started the show. And it's been 35 years, you know, and it's... It, it, she, you know, she looked like a college girl when she started the show. And then there was Tom. Uh, and of course, Tom was a much younger version of himself. But uh, it was fun to see a clip or two of those earlier moments in the show. But uh, it seems that it was mostly reminiscing of the show, like in the restaurant part of restaurants that had come and gone by the people who are still doing the show now. So it was um, it was a little bit different than what I was expecting. But today, in 1986, according to Tom's Almanac, the Stepping Out program aired for the first time on WLAE, and then it later moved to WYES, as Peggy said, but it remains a fixture on the Friday evening schedule. It was created by Peggy Scott Laborde. She still hosts the show. But uh, Tom left the show, let's see. I've been trying to leave it ever since. Tom left the show. Tom had a, a career where his time slot on the radio jumped back and forth between noon to three, three to six, three to five. And at one point, the taping of the Stepping Out show conflicted with Tom's radio show. And that's when he dropped out of Stepping Out. But I don't remember what year that was. I want to say it was maybe late 90s. Which means he was almost he was almost on the show for 20 years. But I don't think he was actually on the show for that long. So uh, I should have asked Peggy yesterday when we talked to her. But anyway, that was on last night. If you didn't see it, it airs again, I believe, on Sunday at 11 o'clock, but you should check the listings on WYES. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk about food. I'm here to do that with you. Steve Martin has the words to drink by today in the Almanac. The writer's block 
is a fancy term made up by whiners so they can have an excuse to drink alcohol. Well, he's a writer, too, so he, he knows of what he speaks, but I don't think he had writer's block because he was pretty... I mean, you know, considering the fact that he was also an actor and a comedian, uh, he's done pretty well as a writer also. The words to eat by today are from Tommy Cooper, who was a Welsh comedian. He was born in 1921, and he said, Last night I dreamed I ate a 10-pound marshmallow. And when I woke up, the pillow was gone. <laughs> Dreams are so funny and can be so scary, too. Michael Gross as Stephen Keaton talking about the food he gave his son in the television show Family Ties. Also has a words to eat by today. I feed him interesting food like chutneys and sardines and jalapenos because I'm training him to be an adventuresome eater. I don't know how adventuresome jalapenos would be, but probably back at the time of family ties, which I believe ran in the 80s, I would say that a jalapeno might be considered adventuresome eating. Now you see them everywhere. Our daughter eats them on everything. But, uh, and we, of course, have moved on to more uh, exotic peppers. But... Um, Jalapenos maybe were kind of an exotic thing at that time. By the way, I was talking about this book. Um, I think it was I think it was Hot Sauce Nation. There were two hot sauce and pepper books that we've had, and I, I try to give these books away. By the way, I'm finished with the Fonville Winnens book for Brian, so I'm going to be mailing that along to you. Uh, but um, we have this list of books, or this stack of books, I should say, that come from the uh, office when we cleaned them out. People would come on the show and leave books for Tom and various other things. So we have gobs of stuff from the office. But um, I've, I've got this stack of books. And I said that I wish that I'd had this pepper book or this hot sauce book, but I couldn't find it. And I did find it. Uh, over the weekend when we cleared out Tom's other office. So um, I have the Hot Sauce Nation book. If anyone would like that, you do have to call. That's the rule of the show. And uh, I would love to hear from you if you would like to tell us something interesting and have not called the show before and would like the book The Hot Sauce Nation, we will send it to you. I do have a list of other books as well, Excellent. and I've been talking about them several times. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to us, we would love to talk to you. Let's see what else is going on this weekend. We have um, we just have a, a oh tonight today is Fish Fry Friday. If you've been following the Fish Fry madness, I wish uh, that I could go over and get something. I was going to go today, and then I realized that my car is 270 miles over for a uh, for service. And, um, and so I'm going to drive it to be serviced, and that's the next time I'm going to drive it. So I'm not going to go over and get fish fry today. But if you are, which one are you going to? Uh, I think that the fish fries are a fun, fun little thing, and uh, I've been excited to 
kind of delve into it a little bit. Last week we went to the one at Oxlot 9 here in Covington, but I definitely would like to get into some of the ones across the lake. So if you are doing that, I probably will do a, a Catholic school one over here. I haven't done any of the school ones, I just have but one they're thing. but they're very very about the fish fry about the fish fry Tom. Is it about fish fries? <clears throat> uh, can I say something? Yes. Uh -huh. uh, I haven't been in my car or I know my house where I live or my car. I know for a while and uh, yeah. for quite a long time. That's this true. Is That's true. Bit, uh, by over two years, no, it's even more than that uh, to be here. I'd love yes. to hang out with you guys here. Yeah. Five five six uh, nine six nine six. If before. you would like to, if you would like to but talk to either one of us, we are have, here. All we have is. Let's uh, see. I don't even have a phone number. I think it's unfair. It's five five six nine six nine six. We're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Louisiana's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Louisiana High School Athletic Association and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Edwards falls way short of the signatures needed to force a recall election. Don Molino has the story. Lee Joseph and Michael Lynn Vedrine of Eunice filed a recall petition with the Secretary of State's office August 29th. The petition accused the governor of impeding in their constitutional freedoms by mandating masks and putting restrictions on businesses. For a recall vote to occur, nearly 600,000 signatures were needed, and this recall effort only garnered 26,000. That's 1% of Louisiana's registered voters. The State Democratic Party says Edwards is successfully guiding the state through a deadly pandemic. I'm Don Molino. Beginning Monday, essential workers will be eligible for the COVID vaccine. That includes people working in food service and grocery stores, manufacturing, construction, clergy, and other essential jobs. Essential workers will need to make appointments and bring proof of employment. Louisiana Radio Network.com. And with that, the Tigers are putting another point onto the scoreboard. The runner is coming around and he's heading to home plate, but wait. He's running, he's running to the newsstand to pick up the latest edition of Tiger Rag Magazine. I've never seen anything like it before. Tiger Rag Magazine. Tiger Rag Magazine. Tiger Rag Magazine. Are you looking for the latest in LSU sports news? Tiger Rag Magazine. No worries, we've got you covered. Tiger Rag Magazine. Check this out. Get Tiger Rag in your rotation. Tiger Rag Magazine. Tiger Rag. Find it local newsstands, deliver to your mailbox, or flip the pages on TigerRag.com. Tiger Rag Magazine covers all things LSU sports. 
Wake up with a fresh dish of sports news direct to your email. Tiger Rag Daily. We've got all the LSU sports news you need. Football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, gymnastics, track. We've got it all. Tiger Rag. AOS Interior Environments are the largest design assist furniture, fixtures, and equipment contractor in Louisiana and Mississippi. AOS Interior Environments believe they can't succeed if those around them falter. That's why they've partnered with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, The Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.thefunkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to The Funky Uncle Lounge on March 12th, Sun Pie Barns, and March 19th, The Get Together Band. For more info on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to thefunkyuncle.live. AOS Interior Environments, where good design is good business. Find them on the web at thinkaos.com. Night and day, you are the one. Oh boy, yes indeed. Let's go to Michael 75. Hey there. Hello there. Bon San Giuseppe Giorno. <laughs> are you are you Italian? No, I'm pure Sicilian. You're Sicilian, okay. All right. Like pure anyway, Sicilian, both parents from Sicily? Both parents. And and uh, uh, I have a bone to pick with you uh, about the artichoke. My mother made these, and it was descended from hundreds of years of Sicilians, but it's labor-intensive artichokes. I'm making those today. And if you hear me chewing oh, good. on Oh, tell me about it. Okay, if you hear me chewing on something, I'm I'm uh, eating some biscotti regina, which is the seed uh, cookie of, of Italy. It's a fabulous. And anyway, do you have a Saint Joseph's altar at your house, Michael? No, no, I don't. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, what you? It's very labor intensive. You take every leaf of the artichoke, you put. A slice of uh, a small slice of Romano cheese, a small thin thin slice of garlic, and olive oil on each one. Then you put the artichoke artichoke in a uh, uh, a pot with some water in it, and uh, you steam it. And the, and the olive oil and, and all of that comes down into the water, makes a tremendous soup or whatever you want. And the, and the uh, leaves are so fabulous. Each one has the uh, the garlic and the Romano cheese and olive oil on it. There's nothing like it. But it's a lot of work. Okay, now now let me ask you this: Do you not like the breadcrumb version, where all that stuff is ground up, or yeah, do I, you like no, them both? No, I think the breadcrumb version uh, is like uh, uh, you know uh, diluting it with uh, something. The breadcrumb a travesty. To me, they don't <laughs> they don't belong in it. But anyway, because I was raised okay. like that. Yeah. But um, okay. Uh, my my mother actually. Uh, her family came from uh, Albania in, in the, around the year 1500. Uh, they were, uh, the Turks were taking over, and the Albanian uh, Catholics uh, moved to Sicily. And uh, they're called Abresh. And now my, my dad is from uh, Luca in Sicily, his family. And so when my mother was marrying my dad, my dad tells his dad he's marrying my mother. And uh, my, my uh, grandfather says, you marry in La Greca, because that's right where all the Greek area is, <laughs> Al- Albania. 
So, mm-hmm. so it was kind of a, a Romeo and Juliet thing. Fifteen hundred. Uh, wow, that goes back a long way. Well, then the thing with Sicily, though, is then Sicily started getting invaded by everybody. So Sicily's quite a a, a melting pot. Exactly. Uh, I love what Mario Batali gave a history of uh, Sicily on one of his shows. Uh, and um, he was talking about when the French came in, and they taught the Sicilians how to cook so well, and they called the French uh, chefs messieurs. And uh, that was the name given to any great chef, messieurs, uh, which only means mister, but uh, yeah. it was a great a great honor in Sicily if your chef was called that. By the way, I'm still confused by... I'm confused by the, the word uh, pasta milanese. And milanese is a word reference to the city of Milan, which is in northern Italy. Northern yeah, I'm Italy confused has, by that too. No, sorry? I'm confused by that too. Yeah, northern Italy has no pasta at all. And uh, they, they don't have and any dishes that uh, are from Milan, like uh, risotto milanese, and et cetera, et cetera, they have saffron and things like that in them. But they don't. They, they they wouldn't even know what pasta milanese was if you went to Milan. So, uh, yeah, but, I don't but what is what, the what is the milanese thing having to do with St. Joseph's Day? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm confused. I wish somebody could educate me because it yeah, somebody Milan, as far as I can I, see, and the, and the food is completely different. I think I think Nicole tried to explain that yesterday, but um, all right. So wait, back to the artichoke thing. So you put a piece of garlic and a slice of cheese in each of the leaves, and right. then you steam them that way with olive oil. With olive oil, yeah. The, the, okay. the uh, garlic and the well, uh, now, be extremely thin garlic. Uh, it, it melts on there, and when you take a, a bite, it's just pure uh, olive oil. Garlic and cheese—it's incredible. Okay, you know I think that the the stuffed artichoke that I like, the bastardized version, is uh, also incredibly labor intensive. I mean, you have you have the as a matter of fact, it's probably more labor intensive than the one you're talking about because you have to grate the cheese, you have the breadcrumbs, you have to chop the garlic, and then you still have to, oh, and the breadcrumbs and all that gets mixed into one big, you know, like pot all mixed together. And then you have to take a tablespoon and just keep stuffing each one of the leaves. So I think it's actually more labor intensive. Well, maybe if you do it that way, but if you just take it uh, like some people do and just plop it all down on top of the artichoke and just smooth it into the leaves. No, 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 no. What we do it when I do it, I have uh, I take the the actual you know prickly ends of the artichoke leaf and I cut that off, and then I take my palm and I sort of smash it down to make it easier to put all that stuffing in there. Right. And when I'm done stuffing an artichoke, it looks like a giant smashed sunflower, and. Oh, and then I put it all, then I kind of grape it back together so I can stuff it into a pot. And I usually put four artichokes in a Dutch oven with about a quarter of a cup or even a third of a cup of water and do it, um, you know, simmered for an hour or more, really. And then I take olive oil and lemon juice and I pour it over the top of each one of those artichokes and sort of soak some oil in there. But and then I baste a, it. 
Then I baste it throughout. And, I had and, what? And yours makes a sauce, right? Well, it, you know, it does. It makes a sauce. That's not the intention, but it does make a sauce. And I actually kind of call it um, oyster, not oyster artichoke, but artichoke soup because it really kind yeah. of could be a soup. But like I, if, I I put, if I took that stuff and I put chicken stock in it, it would be a great artichoke soup. Yeah, I, I love the stock that uh, the one I make uh, and, and the dipping bread in there is so delicious. Yeah, it's good. But la last thing, uh, I was watching Jacques Pepin the other day, and he lives up to my motto of uh, living like a king and paying, <laughs> paying like a pauper. Want me to explain? Sure, Michael. Jude okay, was talking wait. about that after the show. We were marveling at your philosophy. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, anyway, here's, here's what he said. When he was young, he went with his mother at the age of about seven or eight to the market every day. They were poor. And they always waited for the, uh, the mushrooms to, uh, the bad, who had gone, quote, bad, to get them. And when he, when he got the mushrooms, uh, uh, his mother would, uh, the old uh, kind of black mushrooms, he said they were the most delicious. And he told everybody, don't ever buy fresh mushrooms. Buy the old ones. They're much better. I agree with that. And the, and the reason I know that is that I buy mushrooms with the best of intentions and it takes me too long to get to them, so they are kind of oldish. Yes, I know exactly oh, what well, you're then, then you've done it. you've done a service to yourself. Well, well, I haven't. I mean, I may have done a service, but it wasn't because... So I was actually the stupid one because I paid full price for good <laughs> mushrooms and then let them go bad, so I lost the money that way. So oh, I'm doing yeah. the opposite of what you're doing. Oh, then uh, some people used. Sorry, some people used to criticize me and call me the Green Man, uh, and because I used to go into uh, places uh, uh, and talk to the butcher, and I said, "Do you have any green meat? Any uh, T-bones oh. or ribeyes?" And and they would say, "Yeah, we got some." I said, uh, "What can I get it for a third of the price?" They'd say, "Yeah, <laughs> if you talk to any uh, great it's chef, uh, yeah. the." the it's the best thing in the world. That's living yeah. like a king and paying like a pauper. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm it's old, so I'm, 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 beef. I'm, I'm sorry. It's aged beef. Right, exactly. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm old. I'm getting close to taking a dirt nap. So I'm revealing all my secrets to the world. Okay, wait, wait. Before you leave, though, speaking of aged beef. And, and I know you've traveled a lot in Rome. So have you been to Dal Toscano? No. We, we, uh, believe it or not, Rome is not one of my favorite places for food. I don't know. Okay. okay. Uh, you, usually uh, Rome is kind of halfway between uh, uh, the, the pasta regions of the south and the, uh, uh, the northern Italian region. So. Uh, well, this is probably really hard to believe, but I just started eating in Europe recently. For the most part, I, I, I still don't. <laughs> That's not why I go. I don't go to eat. But anyway, right. um, and I always joke about, you know, not being fake American food because I'm used to fake American food. But I figured you might have gone to Dal Toscano. No, uh, we, I got a bad taste in my mouth in 1984 when uh, we went to buy a car over there. We drove through Europe for, uh, for, for six weeks with the kids. Uh -huh. And uh, what, what uh, we, we were staying in Rome, 
and we went across the street uh, to a, a trattoria, a little mom-and-pop place to get. My kids uh, said uh, they wanted meatballs and spaghetti. The lady said, no meatball, no, no meatball. Then I said, just give them the marinara. The marinara came out. It was like a lady in the back. Took a, a, a quickly took a, a couple of tomatoes, squeezed them out of her hand, put it on the the pasta. It was terrible. That's probably exactly what she did. That's probably yeah. exactly what she did. It can't, it, so anyway, that's uh, knocked me off of Rome as a great uh, food destination. Oh well, you've never had cacio e pepe, then I guess. No, I, I haven't. I'm going to try it. I've seen some recipes on, uh, on oh. YouTube. Well, you have to, the, the thing with cacio e pepe is you have to have a Roman make it. You won't be able right. to make it yourself. I don't right. know why. I'm a, now, I'm going to try that. I need you to try the uh, the uh, uh, original version of my okay, mother's I, audio, I, I will. Audio I will. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, because okay. there's absolutely nothing that is a fail-proof recipe. You get artichokes, food of the gods, olive oil, well, food of the gods, garlic, food of the gods, Romano cheese. There is no way to fail, no matter how many ways you crack it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's great. great. So y'all have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. Marianne Fitzmorris doing the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. I want to mention that Antoine's is a great place to go if you have a party coming up and you are kind of nervous about social distancing and such because they have a lot of different rooms of different sizes where they can do all the proper protocols and your guests will have a great meal with fantastic service. That's exactly what happened at Tom's 70th birthday party and it'll happen for you too. Antoine's is the original, the oldest restaurant in America. Yes, I know that the Union Oyster House in Boston also makes that claim, but it is not continuously owned by the same family. So Tom would fight very hard for Antoine's in any argument like that. They've been around for 181 years serving classic New Orleans dishes. This is where you'll get the trout amandine, the meniere, souffle potatoes, the baked Alaska, all of those things that you've heard about. If you've not experienced them, go do it. What are you waiting for? This is a great restaurant. It's the quintessential original. Antoine's also has a three course menu at lunch, $21. For $16 extra dollars, you can pair wine with your specialties of the house. They have the Hermes Bar, which has a happy hour every day. Another way that you can experience Antoine's food at a little bit less. Antoine's, as Tom says, in all the world, there's only one Antoine's. The address is 713 St. Louis, and that phone number to make a reservation is 581-4422. And we'll be back, 556-9696. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. 
Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. True enough. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I think Nicole Dorignac and I were talking about stuffing artichokes once. And I think that she didn't do them the way that I did them. But most people have the same sort of recipe for a stuffed artichoke. That's the first time I've heard my, uh, anyone say a recipe like Michael. Um, Tony Angelo did it a similar way, but there wasn't just a piece of garlic in there. I think that what he did was he steamed the artichoke where it was really, really soft, and I was shocked at how tender the leaves were. But it was served very simply, spread out, on a plate and sort of mashed down like mine, except mine is filled with stuff. And his was just a light dusting of salt and pepper. And I'm sure little particles of garlic because it had a garlic flavor and uh, Parmesan cheese or maybe Romano cheese, probably Romano cheese. But the more I talk about stuffed artichokes, the more I'm inclined to jump up and get them. I wrote a piece for the newsletter today on peanuts because we was concluding the peanut discussion and the investigations and the trials and all of that. And, uh, and now I'm gonna embark upon something having to do with artichokes because now I'm thinking about artichokes. I love artichokes. Jude is doing a house in Los Angeles and he is doing landscaping right now. And I keep campaigning for two things, three things. All of my favorite things, all of which grow in that climate really well. Avocados, olives, and artichokes. He's already got some olive trees. He's gonna do some avocados, but he's balking at the artichokes. But artichoke bushes, I mean, they're bushes, and they're kind of cool, and I'm, I'm still gonna keep campaigning for them. 5569696 is the number. If you'd like to talk here on the food show, I would love to do that with you. Tomorrow is ravioli day, which has to do with this Italian theme. A raviolo is the singular of ravioli, but then whoever eats just one. It's made by inserting dollops of some flavorful stuffing between two sheets of pasta, pressing the sheets together until they stick, and then cooking them. They come in all sizes and are made with all stuffings. The truth about ravioli was revealed to Tom when he was a child. The kind you don't want are beef ravioli, which are almost inevitably nasty. I don't know if that's true. I think they have short rib ravioli that's really good. The standard ravioli are stuffed with cheese, usually a mixture of ricotta and parmigiano. Spinach and mushrooms are other common stuffings, usually a bit of cheese added to the mix. Some chefs, in efforts to deconstruct food, have taken to, cast, to casting cooked pasta sheets randomly in a bowl with the stuffing ingredients interspersed but not sealed. That is, <laughs> that's not ravioli. 
it's lasagna is what that is. Anyway, uh, ravioli's really, really good, especially when you get them. You know, there's the ravioli that you're used to as a kid, which is, of course, you know, not the kind that we like. But then there's the ravioli that you get in a first-class restaurant, which might be a single raviolo because it's so large. And then you might get two or three, and they're a little bit smaller than the gigantic one. And sometimes it's stuffed with uh, squash blossoms or a pumpkin, a pumpkin ravioli with a sage butter. Those are really good versions of that. Me, I am a mushroom ravioli person. Mary Lee and I made those uh, from scratch one time. We did the pasta itself, and then we made the mushroom stuffing, and then we put it on, you know, the, the, the one sheet of pasta and just sort of mushed it down in a, like a, like, like, a square pattern and then cut it after it was already sealed with uh, a pizza cutter. And it worked really, really well. And then we made a mushroom sauce over it and it was, it was exceptionally good, if I do say so myself. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I've not used ricotta cheese very much. I'm not a very soft cheese kind of person, um, except if it's chev, goat cheese. There's a salad that Tom is a big fan of at uh, Rest a While right now, which is a beet salad with uh, goat cheese boulet, and it's coated in breadcrumbs and then deep fried and put on top of the salad, which is a common way to see uh, goat cheese boulet or you see it usually on a beet salad, but it is, uh, it's really good. That's the only kind of soft cheese that I can say that I really, really like. And that is a really, really good thing. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I want to mention to Michael 75, he's still listening. And I should have mentioned to it to, I should have mentioned it to him when he called, I got a, uh, we get emails a lot you know, about various things that people hear on the show if they don't want to go on the show, which is truly unfortunate because it is a talk show after all. But someone uh, emailed us, actually she emailed about several things, uh, different emails, but one of them was really kind of interesting. And it was about uh, this red sauce that Michael 75 mentioned yesterday on the show and it was um rao is what he called it but that is not the pronunciation of it it's rayos and i had never i had never heard of rao's or rayos but um it's apparently a restaurant in New York City that has been around since the 1800s and they bottle their own sauce and they uh, they sell it in supermarkets. And so the email includes their story. She said, I heard Michael 75 talking about a tomato sauce he was willing to pay the extra price for, 
Michael's becoming a phenom on this show about his life's motto. Uh, Rouse, or Rouse is a very old and famous restaurant in New York City. It has two-syllable pronunciation. It is Ray O's. Back when Regis Philbin was still doing his morning show, he talked about the place all the time. It was his favorite restaurant. And then there's a picture in here, and it has the history of Ray O's. Ray O's, New York, is a culinary national treasure. It's widely acclaimed for its authentic Southern Neapolitan Italian cooking and its home-style family ambiance. Ray O's was honored with a pinnacle three stars from the New York Times restaurant critic Mimi Sheridan describing the cuisine as exquisitely simple Italian cooking. Opened in 1896, the restaurant is celebrated as one of the country's oldest family-owned and operated restaurants running in its original location. Handing down cherished Pellegrino and Rayo traditions as its main ingredients, the Rayo's menu pairs generations of authenticity and love with freshness and flavor. All locations, New York, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles, serve and satiate some of the most powerful appetites in the world. At the New York location, the list of regulars reads like a who's who of New York, Cognacenti, Woody Allen, Billy Crystal, Rob Reiner, Nicholas Pelegi, and Danny Aiello. Legend, legions of politicians, well, this is all, you know, cultural stuff, but I did not know there was one in Los Angeles. So the next time I go to L.A., I'm going to have to check that out because... Uh, this looks like good stuff. There's a there's an Italian restaurant in Los Angeles that is, um, let's see, what's the name of it? It's on Santa Monica. Anybody know the name of it? Call me and help me out here. It's on Santa Monica, getting close to Brentwood, and it is a celeb hangout and used to be a Frank Sinatra favorite and it's still there, and it's totally escaping me. So if you know the place I'm talking about, it's, it's, it's one of those places that's an institution, and it's had its sort of seedy iteration, and then it's turned around and become hip again, and... Uh, and I'll have to text you to find out the name of it if nobody calls me, but I would like for someone to call me. 556-9696. It's, I, I want to say it's a little something, but uh, I don't remember. I just don't remember what it is. At 3 o'clock, we are going to be talking to um, the folks from Sobu about their Mud Bugs festival that they're having every weekend through the spring. And uh, we will get some more details on that. But I, I think it started like two weeks ago. And it's something that you'll be able to do uh, every weekend until we'll find out. But uh, it's, it's, Sobu's kind of a cool place. I wonder how many people who are locals and I wonder how many people who are locals of a certain age that go to Sobu. It's in the W Hotel, which skews younger to begin with. And I, I just am curious. 
I have to, if Don the Gourmet Neighbor is listening, I'm wondering if he ever goes there because he goes everywhere. And, uh, and I'd be curious to see if that's on his list. All right. The best are- place for cutting edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Biden and Vice President Harris went to the CDC in Atlanta. Officials gave them an update on how the variants are evolving in the U.S. This variant, uh, B1.2, was wild type. So been circulating in the U.S. for a long time. But you see it's being replaced with this variant, B117. This is the one that we're concerned about in the U.K. and Europe, and is more transmissible, more infectious. So we're in a race with our vaccination rates, our mitigation, continuing to mask and distance as we get this type of emerging variant um, like B117. We think B117 will be the predominant variant in the U.S. probably by the end of March. The president is scheduled to speak sometime this hour. This is USA Radio News. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food, what would you do? You wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis. And that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max. And your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Authorities say Robert Long, who police say confessed to all three shooting attacks in and around Atlanta on Tuesday, was supposed to be arraigned in Cleveland County, but the hearing was canceled after a request from his attorney. Long faces eight counts of murder for all of the victims and one count of manslaughter for injuring a man at massage parlors around Atlanta. Six of the eight victims were of Asian descent fueling suspicion that the shootings were racially motivated or connected to increasing attacks against Asian Americans, related to anger over the COVID-19 pandemic. Earlier this week, President Biden said yes when he was asked if Russian President Vladimir Putin is a killer. I said, look through your eyes, and I don't think you have a soul. And look back at me and said, we understand each other. The Russian president responded to him, saying Biden's comments reflect the past and current problems of the United States. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. It goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. 
astronauts on the International Space Station are testing surface coatings intended to kill viruses and germs, including the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. The test for the Boeing company has astronaut Shannon Walker touch a dozen items daily to transfer microbes commonly found on humans to them. After six months in space, the items will return to Earth in early May, where researchers will determine how the microbes fared on the treated surfaces. NASA already has determined for... Clouds tonight, some sunshine, partly cloudy coming in tomorrow. Chilly temperatures overnight, but a warm-up tomorrow than today, and it's the first day of spring, Saturday. Early morning lows start off in the 40s. Tomorrow afternoon, we'll go to a high to the middle to upper 60s for a nicer day. Even nicer day Sunday, beautiful, plenty of sunshine to enjoy outdoors. 50s, 40s for the mornings, but the highs go to the upper 60s to about 70. Continuing with sunny skies and middle 70s for the afternoon Monday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, March 27th and 28th. For more info, visit slidellstreetfair.com. Of the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show, Marianne Fitzmorris here with you, talking to Byron Halliburton, who is the chef at the W Hotel Sobu in the French Quarter. Hi, Byron. Hi, Marianne. Thanks so much for taking my call. It's an absolute honor to be here today. Uh, looking forward to this. This looks like a fun event that you all have. It's been a what three weeks running now? Is this the third weekend for it? Or this will what? be the yeah. This will be the third week. Um, you know, it's weather has just been ah yeah uh, all of these weekends. So uh, uh -huh. it's really really a great time to spend a little time outside. Come and visit us over at Sobu. You know, check out our new courtyard space. It really is uh, what the French Quarter really is all about. Well, the the it's a fun it's a fun space. I don't know if it's changed since I've been there. I think the last time I was there was like five years ago, but it was always sort of a fun space, which of course the W Hotel is known for being. But um, this is a mud bug and Jenga madness tournament. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So here we are in March. You know the beginning of crawfish season. Start to see them come in. Prices are coming down, which means they're more readily available, which is fantastic. It's also the time of the year where, you know, the NBA and, and uh, basketball and college is really kicking off uh, with their March Madness. So we decided to do our own little New Orleans style. So, yeah, we're madness. doing a crawfish boil um, out in the courtyard, and we're doing a giant Jenga tournament uh, every Saturday from 12 to 3. So how does this work? Okay, so you get, first of all, what is the crawfish boil aspect of it? Do you, it's a certain price for how much and, you know, like a couple of pounds or what? Absolutely. So we'll um, actually have crawfish ready to go right at uh, 12 o'clock. Um, we'll have 
uh, when you come in, you know, we've got great bar drinks as well. You get crawfish uh, by the platter. So we do three pounds of crawfish plus that wonderful Andouille sausage and potatoes and a bit of corn as well uh, for $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then we're okay. doing buckets of beer. Yeah, five beers for $20. Um, you know, some fantastic craft cocktails that we've made just for this event uh, featuring mm-hmm. some pretty uh, unique spirits. Uh, we've got, you know, Vov Clicquot, some sparkling wine that comes in little aluminum cans. You know, it's, it's meant to be a, a fun time. A picnic uh, kind of thing. Outside in the yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, can, you come and you get the crawfish. Now, does that automatically enter you into the Jenga contest, or how do those two things work with each other? Absolutely. So it uh, gives you the option to be a spectator or a participant, if you like. So come in, just sit down and get some crawfish if you're daring enough to take the Jenga challenge. Uh, one of my MCs uh, that's out there would get you signed up and we'll put you in the brackets. Uh, and then it's uh, two players per team, uh, two uh, teams going uh, head-to-head at a time. We mm-hmm. build that giant Jenga set, and we're talking gigantic Jenga set. <laughs> uh, they'll start going, and, uh, you know, whoever the last one standing uh, can be crowned the giant Jenga champion for the day. And, of course, you've got a special prize for whomever that may be. Uh, be able to bring home a bottle of Buckley Co. Yellow Label or a bottle of the Puncher's Chance Bourbon or even uh, a bottle of the Blood, Sweat, and Tears Vodka. Uh, those spirits that we're featuring in our uh, craft cocktails. So um, how many people can be in the challenge at one time? I mean, I, I vaguely remember what Jenga is like, but I think it, is it multiple people or what? It is. So um, the way that we have this one built is it is, again, two players per team, two teams competing against each other. So, um, you know, Jenga being that stacking blocks game. Uh, each person just alternates back and forth. So Team A goes, Team B goes, and the other person from Team A and the other person from Team B. Uh, very simple rules, uh, not very hard to, to figure out, and once you get the hang of it, it's super fun. Uh, yeah. So you don't have to know how to play Jenga. We're happy to, to let you mm-hmm. learn as you go, for sure. And we've got so multiple how- Jenga sets, you know, if we need them. So. Okay, so, uh, so you do. Okay, so I was about to say, because how long does that take? And is it, is it like, you know, if you've got people coming in the whole time, I would imagine right. that so, you have to be there yeah, at a certain time to get into the challenge? Right. To get um, through an entire game of Jenga takes about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, can be, you know, shorter <laughs> if you're uh, uh-huh. not very steady. But, uh, <laughs> you're not very good. You're out. Yeah. That's uh-huh. right. Exactly. So about 20 minutes. Uh, So generally what we're doing is we start off at 12 o'clock, make sure everyone gets something to drink, get some crawfish, kind of, you know, enjoy themselves a little bit. uh, And then we'll do our first uh, tournament at about 1230, get our Mm -hmm. team signed up, get that started. uh, And then, you know, we'll get everything cleaned and sanitized and ready for the next round, uh, which will be either at 1 o'clock and then again at 130 uh, if we've got the teams for it. So. Okay. Has this been very well attended? I would imagine this has gotten some word of mouth now and you've got a good group coming in. It is, you know, every the first weekend, you know, um, it's the first weekend, so we had mm-hmm. uh, quite a few guests just kind of popping in and trying to see what mm-hmm. things were like. Uh, this past weekend, we had a whole lot more um, people coming through, and we're expecting just as we continue this through uh, pretty yeah. much crawfish season, uh, we're just going to yeah. see more and more uh, people coming out and enjoying themselves. And the beauty yeah. is, just come in, spend ten minutes, you know, get a drink, spend an hour, spend an hour and a half, you know, spend as much right. time as you like. Uh, it's really a right. come and go as you please. 
Well, it's not a huge courtyard, so it's going to be kind of interesting as word of mouth gets around as to how, you know, how crowded that gets. That's right. So we've got six tables um, that are, you know, dedicated for seat tables, plus mm -hmm. the um, seating that's under that big oak tree that we've got. And then, of course, some couch seating that's uh, there on the side. So, um, you know, we can easily fit about probably 40 or 45 people seated. Um, and because we're outside, uh, we've got no problems with uh, our social distancing or, right. or numbers yeah. there. Um, and that's another just great advantage of, of yeah, being sure. outside and, and enjoying mm -hmm. the quarter. Okay, so tell us about your crawfish boil. What's special about it? You know, everybody's got their own special ingredients. Are you local? Are you from here? Absolutely. I'm from Baton Rouge, actually. So a little okay. bit uh, going west of us. But, yeah, born and raised in Baton Rouge. Uh, okay. Moved out back to New Orleans about five years ago. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so the crawfish, crawfish boils is, is in your blood. blood. Yeah. Absolutely All right. right. All right. So yeah, what's your, what's your special thing? What's your special yeah, crawfish so, I mean, boil? You, you, yeah, you've got the standard things that you, you know, know and love. I choose Zatarans tends to be my preferred uh, seafood boil pack, but you got to always add something to it. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, two things that I always have to add that maybe is a little bit different is allspice berries. Oh, you might not think oh. that goes in there, but allspice berries are oh. fantastic to boil. Uh, and okay. then, of course, on my citrus, I do lemon, but I also like a little bit of sweetness from oranges. So I do um, oranges, of course, in my citrus as well. Okay. Now, uh, if a person, if you wanted to give some tips to people who are boiling at home, what sort of little tricks do you do that makes yours come out really great? You know, and of all the years that I've been boiling crawfish and been to crawfish boils and watching other people, uh, you know, do things, uh, there are so many different techniques. Um, and some of them I think probably work. Some of them I'm like, I don't even know. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, I do not do a salt purge. I don't think that does anything for us. Um, so I just rinse crawfish a lot. So, and that four or five times. I think that's really the first key mm -hmm. to having a great and successful crawfish boil is having clean crawfish. Um, yeah, I, I totally them. agree. Because you can yeah, tell. You can tell clear. when they're not that clean, you know, and it's, not, right. it's, it's not appealing. No, that's right. Yeah. So I, I think that's the number one, um, you know, key to success. It's just making sure you're really cleaning those crawfish well. Um, okay. Second is it's all about the soak. Um, a lot of people, I think, pull them a little too early. Mine soak for at least 25 minutes. Uh, I tend to not do the, you know, dump ice in or hose down the outside of my pots, um, you know, once they boiled. I like them just to sit and poach uh, in their happiness for at least 25 minutes. Of course, the, the beauty of cooking crawfish is that you get to taste them before everybody else. So, you know, about every 10 <laughs> minutes or so, I'm digging in and tasting a few and, you know, sucking the heads. But, uh, yeah, a good long soak with really great clean crawfish. I think those two tips uh, will really get anyone right on their way to a successful boil. Now, what's your, you use a, you said you use Zatarain's, Zatarain's, uh, the is that a liquid boil or a, what is it? Uh, I use both, actually. Uh, primarily, it's the, the powdered boil. Uh, mm -hmm. I do a little bit of the liquid just for heat. Uh, I don't like to do too much of that, though. I think it does tend, you can taste when it's in there. Um, mm -hmm. I really am just using that to, to give me just a little bit more um, heat. Uh, but tr primarily, it's coming from the, um, the powdered seafood boil. It's got a lot of salt in it, so, you know, you just got to be careful yeah. when you're kicking that in. Um, if you need more heat, you got to go another route. So either just straight cayenne coming in again uh, or doing something like the liquid boil just to kick up the heat a bit. 
Now, are you a are you a proponent of everything but the kitchen sink in a boil, or do you feel like there comes to be a point where it's just too much? You know, it's funny. When I was growing up, um, we would find tin cans in the boil um, <laughs> that had just been poked in the top and the bottom. The label had been washed away in the boil, so you really had no idea what it was. But it was things like green beans and you know lima beans, any kind of a canned vegetable. Uh, and then we would crack those open and pour them in bowls on the table. Um, as much fun yeah. as that was, I am essentially a purist. I like Me too. You know, corn, potatoes, you know, sausage, um, asparagus I will um, pick out with, and then mushrooms, of course. Uh, those are the two additions that I would go with, um, you know, if you want to get a little adventurous. But, uh, yeah, I'm a purist at heart, um, and really those sides are for those people who can't peel crawfish fast. <laughs> You know what? I uh, I think mushrooms have a strong flavor, and I, I don't understand putting them in a crawfish boil. I, I Just that's personal taste. I mean, for me, I would stop at the potatoes and corn, but I know that people really do get into the sausage and all that other stuff too, but so at some point it gets to be kind of absurd, I think. When you're telling me that you grew up with cans of vegetables in the boil, that seems absolutely. a lot. Yeah, that seems yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. you know, with, with things like asparagus and mushrooms, the reason I even like those is they, they act just like little sponges. They just soak up so much spice, um, you know, and if you want to just kind of blow your top off, you pop one of those mushrooms or asparagus tips in, in your mouth, and you'll certainly know that there was uh, spice in that boil. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Byron, give us the details real quick, uh, exactly time and, and all that, and then uh, we'll let you go. Absolutely. So um, we are here at Sobu, uh, the restaurant in the W Hotel at 316 Charter Street, uh, right here in the French Quarter. So every Saturday, weather dependent, uh, we've been great so far, but every Saturday from 12 o'clock to 3 p.m. in our outdoor courtyard space, just take a walk right up the driveway, and you'll find us there in the back. Some music playing, of course, the sound of laughter, drinks, and crawfish, uh, and hopefully Jenga towers falling. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be running this. That's right. We'll be running this uh, March, April, and May. So pretty much to the end of May, that'll be every Saturday um, in those three months. You know, while while you were giving the details, I wanted to ask you this about Sobu. Do you have, do you have a few minutes to, uh, while we take, we have to take a break right now. It's a hard yeah. break, but I want to ask you, you know, what's going on at Sobu. I haven't been there in a while. So if you have a yeah. few more minutes, you can stay. Uh, I'd like that. I certainly do. I certainly do. I'd love to tell you about the, uh, what we're what, up to what's, Okay, that'd be great. Okay, we're going to come back with Byron Halliburton, the chef at Sobu in the French Quarter's W Hotel. And uh, we'll be back 5569696 if you have any questions for him. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 
985-845-9940. You make me feel so young. Indeed. Sometimes I don't, though. I have to say, I really don't. 5569696 is the number. If you would like to talk to Chef Byron Halliburton from Sobu, I wanted to ask him a few questions about what's happening at Sobu. It's been a while, I have to admit, since I've been there. So uh, how long have you been there? So Sobu actually closed in March when the hotel closed, um, you know, from the pandemic. We mm-hmm. reopened on Black Friday, so just this past November. Uh, okay. So I started um, back just to reopen Sobu. I came over from the Ritz-Carlton uh, Hotel, uh, you know, part of the Marriott family um, from Baton Rouge. Wanted to, to, you know, share a little bit back of uh, that tradition and history. Uh, Sobu was just a great opportunity uh, to work uh, at and with, you know, Commander's Palace entire team. Uh, we are part of that family of restaurants still. Uh, so a great relationship that we're happy to continue. Well, it's uh, it was a really cool place the last time I when it opened. It was super cool, you know, and uh, and it hasn't really changed much, has it? Has the menu changed a lot? Has it evolved so are, into? Yeah, there are some things that are just classics for Sobu that people who have you know been coming uh, since we opened um, have just known and grown to love that we've we've kept on the menu some of those mm-hmm. items. For instance, the shrimp and tasso corn dogs. Uh, the tuna cones, of course, the duck and sweet potato beignets, those things we will, I think, always have on the menu. They're just so popular. But then mm-hmm. we've added a few new items as well, um, all in the same theme of that Louisiana street food. Uh, we want those small plates. We've got, you know, big plates, too, but we'd like for you to come in and kind of do a tour around and taste a lot of different things uh, to go with our great cocktail program. So some of the, you know, fun new things that we've put on, uh, I've got a NOLA East grilled shrimp salad actually that is kind of based on that vietnamese fresh spring roll so bringing in uh, our family and friends from nola east over there um we've got an andouille crusted chicken sandwich which you know we're going head to head with popeyes on that one uh, but really like <laughs> i was gonna it. say doesn't uh, everyone have a chicken sandwich is it fried it is fried absolutely oh my gosh is we've taken yeah we've taken andouille and ground it up and put it in the breading um after we've marinated the chicken itself uh in its uh-huh. marinade so yeah, it's uh-huh. a, that's a tasty treat for sure. Um, of course, we've kept okay. uh, quite a few Cochon de Lay items on there. We've got that fantastic 16-hour smoked pork. Uh, we've got it, of course, on our surf and turf that comes with fried oysters, or you can do it in a Cuban style, that we've uh, kicked up to New Orleans uh, standards. We're using French bread instead of Cuban bread, Creole mustard instead of yellow mustard, and, of course, that wonderful smoked pork that we're doing here in-house. You know, I've always thought Sobu was fun, and I've just not gone because I've not thought about it. But as I'm talking to you, and the reason that I had you on the show is that I, I think Sobu is fun and everything you do is fun. And of course, you know, it's it, the girls from Commander, so they're fun. And and so I thought, you know, uh, I would ask you about the menu because I, I remember it being different, but in a light and fun sort of way. And so I want to go back. I'm just thinking, you know, that is a fun place, and I'm going to go back and try some of that. What's um, what's on that chicken sandwich with the andouille? Is it like a coleslaw or what? Absolutely, absolutely. We're doing a Creole coleslaw there. So, okay. um, you know, fresh cabbage, of course. We've got red, yellow, and green bell peppers in there, mm-hmm. red onion. You know, the dressing itself is kind of based on mm-hmm. Creole 
uh, mustard. So a really fantastic, cool bite to that uh, fried chicken sandwich. Comes on that a sounds really good. roll, and then we're doing a crystal hot sauce aioli uh, as okay. the sauce for that sandwich. Now, is does it come? I remember you did fresh cut fries, and they were really good. Are you still doing those? We are still doing fries that are there on the side. We've got a comeback sauce um, that is the accompaniment with those. Uh, it's the ketchup mayo kick up. Uh, you know, it's gone to the gym and gotten on some steroids. Uh, we call mm. it comeback because you'll taste it. You'll come back for sure. It's a fantastic. Is it still? Sauce. Are you still cutting the fries? Are they still house cut? We are. We are not cutting fries now. Um, okay. But the fries themselves are definitely tasty. We're they're getting great quality fries coming in, um, you know, and then again, seasoning them with our house uh, seasoning as well as uh, putting that wonderful dipping sauce there on the side. Well, you know, I mean, fries come in various, there's just a wide spectrum of fries that are not fresh cut. And you can have some really high quality ones for sure. And you can have some fresh cut fries that are not done as well as if you were using a frozen fry. But uh, but I do, I am partial to the, the fresh cut ones. And I know that you used to do them. And I was just wondering if you were still if you were still doing it. So um, yeah. that's not, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not going to come. I still want to come and have your Andouille chicken sandwich. I was just wondering good, if good, you were still fantastic. doing the fries. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to have to come back in there and, and visit. Is it mostly uh, locals? Is it mostly tourists? Is it mostly older, younger folks? What's the crowd like in there now? So um, we are now open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night for dinner. And then Sunday for burlesque brunch, we are we brought that back for sure. So looking across mm -hmm. those services, we really are in a um, not young but not uh, old crowd. I think we're right kind of in the middle. We've got a, a great mixture of folks that are coming in, you know, people coming in to celebrate bachelorette parties and birthdays mm -hmm. and, um, you know, anniversaries, as well as those people that are just coming in with friends uh, just to sit around and enjoy a cocktail. Now, we like to say that Sobu is the naughty little cocktail-centric sister of Commander's Palace, uh, so it does absolutely <laughs> tie right into that, uh, that fun vibe uh, that we're trying to Well, to Commander's has gotten more and more fun as the years have gone on. I mean, so Commander's is definitely the, the, the naughty and fun. I don't know. It's like I, I, I don't know if people would call it one of the grand dames, but I guess some people do and some people don't. I don't, but I mean, how old is it again? How old is Commander's? Commander's? Oh, that's, well, when, when did Ella take it over? It would have been in the 60s, right? And it was on before then, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely not a grand dame. So, um, yeah. so I called Two Jacks the fun grand dame. It's the youngish fun one. But Commanders has definitely gotten, you know, gotten those two girls running it are definitely hip. There's no two question. There's no question about it. They're they're fun and they're hip. But uh, right. you know, and, I'm going to come and, and visit. And, what? Yeah, What'd please do. It'd be fantastic to to have you come out and again try some of our great cocktails, taste through the menu. Um, you know, we are so excited to be back and and open and just serving those. Uh, people that are wandering around. We're finding we got a, a great mix of locals that used to be with Sobu that are coming back, uh, excited yeah. to be back with us, uh, and then telling their out-of-town friends to come and visit us as well. So uh, you never know who you're going to meet when you walk into Sobu. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of quiet. And it's, uh, I mean, quiet in that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a big statement, but people who 
are looking for something hip and fun tend to find it. So, um, so I definitely want to, I don't know about the Jenga tournament, although that does sound like fun, but I, I want to come and eat Janine from the regular menu. So we'll be seeing you soon. Absolutely, Mary. Thanks I really for, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number that was Byron Halliburton from the W Hotel Sobu. Anybody been to Sobu lately? I uh, I used to like it, and I went a couple of times, and then haven't gone back. But it sounds like a fun place, every bit as fun as it used to be. And the crawfish and Jenga madness—it's called the Mud Bug and Jenga Madness Tournament from noon to three until end of May. So I guess, um, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take him, I guess, after the break. We've got about another minute or so. So just ask him to hold on uh, until after the break. But uh, Memorial Day is, I guess, the end of the uh, mud bug and Jenga madness. And I think that would be a fun thing to do. But also just to go in and have the regular food at Sobu, which is a good place. It's definitely a good place. Want to mention that Jackmel Inn on the North Shore is also a really good place. In fact, it's a fantastic place to go. It is definitely worth the drive to Hammond. Yes, it is in Hammond. We have a lot of listeners in Hammond. We have a lot of listeners on the North Shore and in Covington, and all of those places are not too far to go to Jackmel Inn. It is a 43-year-old restaurant in an historic old house. It is, uh, the kitchen is helmed by Josh Garrick, who is a terrific chef. Uh, Paul Murphy is quite the enophile. He's got a great wine list. He's a great restaurant owner and has been at it for a long time, has three restaurants on the North Shore. This is a beautiful place, six fireplaces, a lot of small spaces, cozy for your, you and your special one that you're with. They have a great Sunday brunch. Tuesday is steak night. They have a uh, complimentary soup or salad and not a throwaway kind, a really good one with each entree. Friday, two courses for $15 of the lunch special. A lot of great stuff at Jack Mellon. Go see them. If you haven't, you are, you are overdue to give it a try. Jack Mellon is located at 903 East Morris in Hammond. That phone number to make a reservation is 985-542-0043. And we'll be back, back after the bottom of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. The number of COVID-19 patients hospitalized in Louisiana has fallen below 400 to 399. State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor says this is evidence we are doing a good job of stopping the spread using mitigation measures and proof the vaccine is working. Because as we have driven vaccine first and foremost to the most vulnerable people, we have now seen a commiserate reduction in hospitalizations. Nearly a million Louisianans have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. Louisiana casinos and other gaming establishments lost about $877 million in 2020. Will we see a recovery in 2021? Louisiana Casino Association Executive Director Wade Duty does not expect revenues to immediately return to normal even after the public health emergency ends. Not only is it going to take you know widespread vaccination, but also a degree of comfort for folks who have been basically limited in their movements for well over a year by that point. LRN. 
Hello, can I help you, y'all? Hi, we're the Doubler Twins, and we do everything in doubles. Everything in doubles. <laughs> really? Yep, double the outfit. Our outfits look alike. Double the hair. Our ponytails are exactly the same. We even have matching parrots. Matching parrots to boot. Double doubler. Double doubler. So, what do you have that doubles? Anything that doubles? Uh, oh, uh, how about Cash Double Doubler, the new $10 game from the lottery? You could win up to 20 times. Y you could both even win up to $200,000. Cash Double Doubler? I like the sound of that. Love the sound of that. Double your fun and play Cash Double Doubler from the lottery. Win up to 20 times. Win up to $200,000. Great. This is just what we were looking for. Bye. This is just what we were looking for. Hmm. I guess not everything is double. Bye. Huh. Pick up Cash Double Doubler today. Win up to $200,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk, we are here to do that with you. Talk about food. Let's go to Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, Marianne. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. You? Uh, doing great. The beef stew and the uh, Jameson and the, uh, the beer last night was fantastic. For the I, I want to try that. I was thinking about that going into the store today. I was thinking, okay, I've got that corned beef in the refrigerator. I'm going to get some Guinness, and I'm going to make this the Ron way, and I am going to do it this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a dark Irish stew full of vegetables. I put corn, carrots, uh, peas. And different things in it so when you finish with it it's really a meal right there it's, it's just you know it's a one pot meal and it's a one dish uh, meal but it, it's it came out really good it's going to be better tonight although i'm uh, i'm barbecuing hamburgers with my neighbor again tonight <laughs> I was so gonna, you're not in the hey, quarter i was hoping you were going to give me a quarter report uh i can i can give you a quarter report Monday about the weekend because I'm going home. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to light the barbecue pit. We're eating early, uh, being as okay. it's Friday, and I had a great week. Um, I was going to say your, your guest was uh, spectacular from uh, Sobu. The, men, the menu sounds awesome, and it sounds like they're motivated about their cocktails. I like that end of the quarter, and uh, I was sorry to see Chef Duke uh, from Cafe Giovanni end up uh, moving, although I can understand. You know, maybe he was looking to do that for many years before he actually did it. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's a that's a fun area of the quarter, um, especially for the tourists, because a lot of times when they stay in these hotels, that the big hotels are all on Canal Street.
so it's nice not to have to walk more than just a couple of blocks to to go where you're going. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, especially for locals, because that's a that's a really neat area. You know, you're a little further down, you've got um, Dory Metropolitan. Um, you know, you've got that breakfast place over there, uh, right Toast. off Canal Street. You know, you get, you got a couple. It, that that little area looks like it's doing well, I'm, and I, I'm glad to see it. I, I like that uh, end of the quarter. Well, the quarter has two ends. The quarter has actually three sections, I would say. The quarter has the tourist section, which is close to Canal Street and to Decatur. And then you've got the, the, um, the side closest to um, Rampart Street, which is another whole vibe. And then you've got the deep part of the quarter close to esplanade which is the really that's the neighborhood you know what i mean it's it's the yep. settled <clears throat> residence area so it's sure. it's kind of three different places you know yeah i can say that when i'm in the quarter with the exception of tonic which i think is a fabulous bar right across Armstrong park i'm pretty much without exception always on the riverside of bourbon and except for galatoires i don't go on bourbon anymore the whole area, the whole area has changed, and that quarter over there by Checkpoint Charlie's, over there by Esplanade, uh, uh -huh. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that area either. So I'm typically around, like let's say St. Louis, uh, Orleans Avenue, you know, the Orleans Grapevine area, and I typically start off over there by Mr. B's Bistro. I'm never really in that 100 block because there's so much more between the 200 and I'd say six or 700 blocks for all those streets that run perpendicular to Esplanade Avenue. You know, like the, um, like, like St. Claude, uh, Royal, Bourbon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, very, very glad to hear the news. That was a great guest. I enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go back to Sobu. I'm overdue to go there. But I will say this. I am in agreement with you on this. To me, the quarter, and I, when I'm in the quarter, I am between Canal, St. Peter, Decatur, and really, really royal. <laughs> I mean, the only time I ever go on bourbon is, is like you said, Galatoire's, and that's it. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty limited. You know, yeah. Bourbon's really changed. I was going to ask your guest if I had the chance, uh, but I'll catch him next time or go by and see if they'll do it. I was going to ask him if he had a Cuban on the menu, and if he didn't, I was going to ask him if he... he Oh, awesome. I was going to ask them if they could make one if they didn't, but that's awesome because no. uh, I want to try their Cuban, and I want to judge it against Manolito, which is one of the best Cuban sandwiches I've ever had. Yeah, he uh, he said it's a New Orleans Cuban. So instead of work. the yellow mustard, they use Creole mustard, and instead of, um, I forget what they said, what kind of bread, but it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a... Um, it's a it's an interpretation of the Cuban, just like the chicken sandwich is an interpretation of the chicken sandwich phenom. So I'm I'm kind of really curious about it. Absolutely, yeah, I loved hearing I'm about his undoing crust. Yeah, that sounded awesome. Anyway, yeah. have a great weekend. Great. Although it does always, sound Marianne. a little Thank bit, you. it it does sound a little bit of uh of in the nature of the, of the um, Popeyes red beans. So I'm not sure about it, but I am kind of intrigued by it. So. Maybe. We'll see. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. 5569696 is the number. If you would like to talk to me, I'm here for another 20 minutes, and I sure would love to have someone 
who would love their call sponsored. I don't know. Did, did Ron get a call sponsored? I should have asked him that. But we need someone for Cava Bistro to sponsor. Five five six nine six nine six. As we head toward the weekend, TGIF on a dreary, cold Friday afternoon. I am totally bummed by the weather. Uh, for just a second, the sun peeked out, but it was just for a second and has uh, been back in retreat, and that was a little disappointing. I should. I have to say, I am. Uh, I'm looking for sunshine. I need sunshine. It's kind of. You have a good time, and then the party's over, and you have to crash back down to earth, and it's much easier to crash back down to earth if the weather isn't dreary. So I am not in the best of spirits today, and I would love for someone to call up and, and keep me company. Five five six nine six nine six. I want to mention that Norjo Imports is a great little place. For Italian imports, it is where you're going to find the great olive oil that will, the olive oil of your dreams, the olive oil that would make Michael 75's mother's stuffed artichoke all it could be. Or, or, the, or the one that I'm going to try from Michael's recipe. It's the premium olive oil. If you're going to feature olive oil, it ought to be premium. Norjo is where you will find an olive oil like that. It is also where you'll find great Italian imported dried pasta using the real kind of flour that doesn't make you fat, semolina. On the weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Norjo, they have the cheese wheel pasta. And that's where you go and get pasta that's tossed in the hollowed out cheese wheel. It's hard to beat that. They have a great muffalata. They have cannelloni, not cannelloni, but cannolis that they fill right before your eyes. They have the Lindy sandwich, the little meatballs and the red sauce with the pesto mayo and uh, mozzarella in a pressed panini. Norjo Imports is a great place to go. If you have not been, if you haven't been in a long time, you're overdue to go there. Norjo Imports is located 505 Frisco Avenue. It's right off of Metairie Road where the railroad tracks meet Metairie Road. And that phone number is um, 833-9240-505 Frisco Avenue, Norjo Imports. And we'll be back, 556-9696. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hansa's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursday's wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. I also want to mention two things. One, it is grilling season now. 
and grilling season means you need great grilling equipment. If you do not have a brand new grill, go see the folks at Basil's Ace Hardware. Fred and Joy Rittler would love to show you the entire line of the big green egg. There are seven of them. I had no idea. We got one of the original ones. It's a pretty big one, but uh, maybe you don't need one that big. They have a big green egg for every budget and need. Also Weber grills and Traeger grills and accessories of all kinds. Basil's Ace Hardware, it's your grilling headquarters. 5569696. I am probably going to go do the usual thing that we do over the weekend, but I do want to try and go to that medieval feast if anyone is going. Uh, please call me and tell me uh, what you, why you're going, because it's an unusual thing to do. And uh, and I I'm so curious about it. And if you go, call next week because I want to hear a report on it. Jeff in Rid River Ridge, you are our sponsored call. We need to get some new music for that. It's, you don't win a prize, Jeff. You just have the honor of having your call sponsored. It's sponsored by Cava Bistro, which is fine dining come to Metairie. Do you know Cava Bistro? I do not. It's, well, Cava Bistro is where Cypress Bistro used to be on Transcontinental, coincidentally across from Basil's Ace Hardware. And it is Danny Millen, who is back in the kitchen. He's been 40 years in fine dining in the whole city. And uh, he is now in the kitchen cooking up from a very small but very gourmet menu with the candles and the flowers and all of the things that are attributed to fine dining in the way that we rarely see it. That's Cava Bistro. They're very busy on the weekends, but Tuesday and Wednesday, call and make a reservation. Cava Bistro. All right, Jeff, what you got for us? So I have some I have some friends coming in town, and I was going to take them to Two Jacks next yeah. Thursday. I was looking to get your opinion on that. Well, I've heard people say things about Two Jacks that is not my experience. So... First of all, it's a new restaurant. They opened at the end of December. And, um, you know, Two Jacks has never been one of my favorites of the Grand Dames, but I think it's a fun, young, hip kind of place. When they moved down the street, there were a lot of people who wondered about how that was going to go. And I will tell you that that renovation is sort of like a standard I think everyone should aspire to. They managed to move it, vibe and all, down the street. Good, down the street. And good, it's, good. That's you know, what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's, it yeah. really, I mean, it's, it's, it's cleaner, it's fresher, but, but the vibe is definitely, what? What? What do you? Oh, Jeff, turn your radio down because I was getting feedback. I was wondering how we were getting it. So I've just been told to turn your radio down. Okay. Um, it's cleaner. It's fresher. Uh, a lot of the same stuff moved down, but it's a gigantic kitchen. It's the same food. Um, 
the night that we were there, it, okay, it was the very first night, okay? Oh, boy. So the service was a little bit off, but, I mean, that's to be expected of a, a new restaurant, you know, getting their moves down. So I would say that you should expect a good experience because that was pretty much what we had. Good, good. All right. I mean, we had the chicken. We had the 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 chicken dish. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Is it chicken bonfam? We had the. Um, I have to look at the menu, but um, we had some of the classics. But we also had some new stuff. The guy who owns it is a young guy, so it's not it's not strictly the traditional menu of Two Jacks. There's some hip stuff on the menu there, so. You know, if you're looking for the classics, those are there. If you're looking for something newer, those are there too. So it's good. Right. We liked it. We liked it. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I am here. Marianne Fitzmorris. This is the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show, and uh, I am continuing the tradition. Tom shows up every now and then, but uh, for the most part is kind of you know, in the emeritus chair. And that's fine. He's certainly earned it. But we would like to talk to you about food. Today is St. Joseph's Day. And no one has talked about St. Joseph's Day. I mean, I talked about it a little bit, but um, there are there are altars around town and usually in churches. But a lot of people have altars in their home, which is kind of interesting. I've never been to one of those. If you have or or have one yourself, I'd kind of like to know about that. How long you work on it and what sort of things you have on it and why you have it, because usually there's a, a story behind that. Also, restaurants have them. I think Andrea has one. I don't know if restaurants are doing them as much as they were because of COVID, of course, but uh, I know that there was one at De Cristina's in Covington. That's the closest to the one that we have here where we live, but um, I don't know. Uh, is anyone going to one? Dominic Massa sent a picture of his church out in Kenner, and the one that they have, it's really elaborate. It's really cool. It's in Rivertown. It's at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and uh, it, it looks like the real deal, a lot of, a lot of cookies on that one. I've never, I've never really known much about the St. Joseph's Day tradition because I'm not Italian, but um, it is definitely a tradition, and they do work on it for a long time. One of the things on the picture, or in the picture that Dominic sent, is that very same kind of sugar egg that um, I was talking about yesterday. It's called a panorama sugar egg that Tom used to use in the um, stepping out or stepping out show when he, when it started. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's, if you're not familiar with it, it's just this like hard shell sugar Easter egg and it's got a hole in the middle of it. And um, I don't know what's in the real hole in the middle but I know that the the one that Tom used to do, he used to put something goofy in the middle of it, and it was it was silly fun. But you know, that's that's what Tom's con contribution to 
uh, stepping out always was silly fun. The edible dictionary word, I have another edible dictionary word today in the almanac is uh, brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. The word is mouclade. Mouclade is a French word. It is steamed mussels served with a sauce richer than the standard combination of the mussels, juices, wine, and herbs. The sauce at the bottom of the bowl starts with cream, but also has a bit of egg whipped into it. Garlic, shallots, and lemon juice remain as ingredients, but the sauce is further enhanced by a combination of aromatic spices and red pepper. It's more often served as an appetizer than an entree because a little of the sauce goes a long way. That sounds like that's true. A little of the sauce does sound like it would go a long way. Some more words to drink by today from James Beatty, the minstrel of 1771. Oh, Mary Swains, who quaff, quaff the nut brown ale and sing enamored of the nut brown maid. <laughs> I bet you that does happen more than a little bit. And boy, um, would they, well, never mind. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. Words to eat by Sydney Smith, serenely full. The epicure may say, fate cannot harm me. I have dined today. No one called and told me if they had been to that restaurant, uh, Rayo's, which is uh, apparently in two other cities, but has been around in New York City since 1896. One of the restaurants that Tom really likes in New York City is uh, the Italian restaurant is Patsy's, and that one is um, was frequented by uh, Frank Sinatra. The restaurant that I am looking for in Los Angeles, I believe, and I did not check with Jude, I believe it's called Dan Tana's. Yeah, Dan Tana's, and it's on Santa Monica. Yes, yeah, so it's like an old-fashioned place that has, is, you know, one of those dark places and, you know, the kind that you would expect to see um, a lot of people in the 40s with their baggy suits, like Frank Sinatra, smoking cigarettes. Anyway, Dan Tana's is um, newly hip in LA and has gone through a resurgence of um, popularity by much younger people who like the idea of hanging out in a place like that. And so uh, I have not been to Dantana, but I would kind of like, I would kind of like to go there. I keep saying I'm going to go there when I'm there, but I, I, I never do. I mean, I, I go there to visit the family and that's kind of not the place you would bring kids. So that's why I wind up not going. Uh, the feast day this weekend of St. John of Parma, the patron saint of that town from which the great dry cured prosciutto ham and Parmigiano cheese comes. Uh, when Tom and I were in Europe in 2019, we went on the Orient Express. And we flew into London and stayed there a couple of days. And then we got on the train and we uh, wound up in Venice. It went from London to Venice. And uh, 
that's how the original route, the original route, I believe, went from Venice to Istanbul. Um, but we ended up in Venice. And frankly, <laughs> I mean, I would love to have gone the whole route. But first of all, it, it, you don't need to do something like that because it's a train. You don't stop and you just are on this train and the experience is being on the train but it's so hyper expensive that you can't possibly feel like that's a value you have to be the kind of person that can just throw money away which we are not so we went and did one night on the train and the one night was from london to venice and then after we left Venice, we went to Milan and flew out of Milan. But on the way from Venice, uh, we passed through Verona and we got out and spent some time in Verona. And then we passed through and did not stop, believe it or not, in Parma or what was the what's the balsamic vinegar one modena we that's there's this there's this like like a triangle between venice and milan and you can go from venice to milan in one of two ways and if you go one way you pass verona and if you go the other way i'm trying to remember which but anyway, those all those things are in one area, and, and they're just literally, you know, 30 miles from each other. So Parma and uh, Modena and uh, Verona. And so we were on our way to Milan, and I don't know why we didn't stop there. I know Tom didn't want to stop there, but, but I've always wanted to stop there, so I'll just have to go back there at some point and go experience those places but we um we it's too bad because you know i was finally there <laughs> we just sort of blew by on the on the it's not a freeway the a highway they are all a highways i can't i don't know what i guess the autostrada that's what it is it's the autostrada that's that's why it's the a highway all right, I'm just babbling now. I would say five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six, but there's no point in that because um, we're done with the show. I want to mention that it's the 75th anniversary of WGSO, and they are celebrating not only that, but uh, their 501c3 designation by the IRS, which means that if you make a donation to their 75 for 75 campaign, your donation is tax deductible. WGSO has been around for 75 years as the only news talk locally owned and operated community voice of the Crescent City with a wide range of programming. And if you go to their brand new website, WGSO.com, and donate to the 75 for 75 campaign, it will be used to improve everything about the station. They have a lot of great plans and would love for you to help with their capital campaign. So go to WGSO.com and click on the button that says donate and the IRS will be kind to you. 
We have our own website, nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is where you will find 400 some odd recipes, Tom's archives, his wealth of knowledge about absolutely everything having to do with food. You will find uh, specials around town, reviews of restaurants. It's a treasure trove of information. Every time I say something and I'm wondering about it, Nicole Dorignac will send me an article from our own website about the whatever question I'm wondering about, which I appreciate, by the way. Uh, you can also get a lot of this mailed to you twice a week in your inbox if you sign up on nomenu.com for our newsletter. We would love for you to also follow us on uh, Instagram. We have a, an Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. And that's about it. Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana.